Well, I want to welcome you again to the Wednesday night service at Mount Zion Baptist Church. I'm thankful that you have chosen to join us. We're going to be in the book of 1 Peter tonight. If you would take your Bibles and turn there. This will be a review for our Sunday school class. We studied through this portion of Scripture a couple of months ago, and tonight we're going to look back over it. When we looked at the subject of going through trials well from 1 Peter 1 a couple of months ago, this wasn't in our radar, COVID-19, and studying through it again has brought really new meaning to me, and I hope that it will to you as well. I realize that we're being bombarded in life with the news, with media, social media, even at conversations, if you get out and about ever, about the coronavirus. But I think it's possible that even though we're hearing about it and talking about it, we may not really be talking to our families about it. And so that's one of my goals for tonight is to give us an opportunity to discuss these things from Scripture with our children, with our friends, with our family. From a biblical perspective, what is God's role in all of this? And can good come about as a result of it? And I hope that it will be a help to you and to your family and in conversations that you'll have coming up. Imagine being a child or even a teenager and being told that you can't go to school anymore, you can't go to church anymore, you can't play with your friends. I remember the first discussion that we really had with our family, with our children about it, was on a Wednesday night. We were going to church a few weeks ago and we told them, you cannot shake hands with your friends, you cannot hug your friends, you have to remain distant from them. And that was very awkward. And of course they can't understand. And if they're watching the same news that we're watching, that's constantly telling us how many people are sick and how many are dying and how many are projected to get sick and get dying or die, we can understand that it's a lot to bring in. It's a lot to take in. And so I hope that tonight we'll look at the scripture and then we're going to give an opportunity for you to discuss it with the people that you're watching with. We've provided some questions for you to ask. They're in the description of this video. We've emailed it out to our church people already. I want to encourage you when we finish to download those questions, ask them, answer them, discuss them together, and hopefully bring some light into a subject that's very dark. We're going to begin reading in 1 Peter chapter number 1. And verse 6, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. I want to very briefly tonight bring out several truths from the scripture about trials and their effect and their purpose. Number one, trials can steal our joy. You didn't need me to tell you that, but in verse 7, Peter writes that the trial of your faith, I'm sorry, verse 6, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations. They were greatly rejoicing, going back to the previous verses, verses 3, 4, and 5, 
about the inheritance that they're promised as Christians, incorruptible, that cannot be taken away, that fadeth not away, this lively hope. They were greatly rejoicing, but now for a season, they're in a season of heaviness, great heaviness because of the trial. Trials can steal our joy. But what can keep us from losing our joy, or what at least will restore the joy to us, is a proper perspective of trials and their purpose. I like that Peter didn't try to ignore their trials. He didn't tell them just to fake it till you make it. He didn't say God's still good or God's still on the throne. All those things are true, but he acknowledged their trial, their struggle, their heaviness, didn't he? Though now, if need be, for a season, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. Trials can steal our joy. But secondly, trials are temporary. In the same verse, wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness. When trials are around us, when we're in the midst of suffering, time seems to just stand still, doesn't it? I don't know about you, but it's hard for me to believe that we've only been in this time of quarantine for a little over a week. It seems like it's been months. Time just stands still when we're going through challenging times. But suffering is only temporary. Testing, trials are only temporary. They may come in strong and fast like a harsh winter, but around the corner is spring. Trials do not last forever. And even if the trials that you are currently finding yourself in do last until the end of your life, the sickness that you're dealing with, the depression that you're dealing with, whatever it is that you're dealing with, your great trials, if that lasts you until the end of your life, it's still only temporary because in the light of eternity, this life is such a small thing and we will not carry these things with us onto and to the other side. Paul said that I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us. Trials remind us that we have something better ahead of us, that, that we have an eternal hope that fadeth not away, that we have a home in heaven. Trials are temporary. Trials are also necessary. Back to our text in verse number six. Though now for a season, if need be, you're in heaviness through manifold temptations. That phrase, if need be, implies that these were necessary temptations, necessary trials, necessary difficulties that they were going through. They serve a vital role in the life of the Christian trials too. There are lessons that we can only learn in the Lord's school of affliction. This is where we are put to the test through trials. That's what a trial is. It's a test. It's a testing time. And anyone you find, anyone you know, who you look up to and you say, one day I want to be like him or like her, a man of God, a woman of God, after God's own heart, I can tell you that they've been tried by the Lord. Our faith must be tried. It's necessary. It's necessary to refine us. That the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire. He likens it to 
precious metals, gold and silver, going into a heated furnace and being tested there. The temperature is getting so hot that the excess, the, the, the dross, the impurities would be, would be sifted and, 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 and put away, and only what would be left would be that pure metal. That's what we're going through. The trial of our faith is necessary to remove impurities, to, re to remove dross, the stuff that makes metal not more valuable, but less valuable is taken away. And so as the, the fire grows hotter, the mass inside the furnace gets smaller and smaller, and yet it doesn't lose any value. Instead, it becomes more valuable as it becomes smaller and less. And, and trials may have a way of, of, of seemingly taking away from us but they're not taking away anything that is necessary. They're taking away the unnecessary, the impure, the dross, and leaving us with all that we need. Proverbs 25, 4 says, Take away the dross from the silver, and there shall come forth a vessel for the finer. And that's what we should all want. That's what God wants, a pure, fine vessel. So trials are necessary to refine us and also to test us, to test the authenticity of our faith. Verse 7, that the trial or the test of your faith being much more precious. These tests try the authenticity of our faith. Is it real? Is, it the re is what we have the real thing? Gold, which dissolves and disappears in the furnace because the flames and the heat hit it doesn't serve any real purpose in this life. And God has a way of testing us, testing our faith, not so that he can find out if we're the real thing, but so that we can find out if we're really authentic, if our faith is real. Trials are necessary. Number four, trials test each of us individually. Notice in verse seven, that the trial of your faith, your faith, my faith, is rarely tested by somebody else's afflictions. We can weep with those that weep and we can mourn with those that mourn, but our faith is seldom put to the test by somebody else's suffering. But when the testing comes into our life, when it's my family, when it's your children, when it's our job, when it's our portfolio, our bank account, when it's mine and when it's yours, then we really begin to feel it. We really begin to be tested then, don't we? You know, the effects of COVID-19 are worldwide. But the specific test is different for all of us. The thing that might be bogging your mind down more than anything else is different than mine. For some, it's family getting sick. For some, it's a, a parent, an elderly parent becoming ill. Or maybe it's their own selves getting sick. For some, it's the distance from people. They struggle with that. For many, it's the bank accounts. It's the stock market crash. It's the retirement. It's their jobs. Will they lose their jobs? How long will they be without a job? The pandemic is worldwide, but for each of us, the trial is different. Our faith is being tried in different ways. And it would be unwise for us to assume that somebody else is dealing with this in the exact same way that you and I are dealing with it, because we all are tried differently. And yet, none of the things that we are tested with are 
unique only to us. And that I mean, others have endured similar testing before. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. You're dealing with the uncertainty of the future. Many have dealt with that before. You're dealing with the uncertainty about your finances. Others before you have gone through that and have come out stronger. We can rejoice in the fact that even though we may be being tried differently than people around us, the things that we are struggling with have been conquered through faith by many, many before us. Trials are, are your trials are unique to you, and my trials are unique to me. We are tried individually. Number five, trials are of great benefit. Notice the word that, that Peter uses here in verse 7, that the, the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold. Precious. An unbeliever couldn't possibly grasp how a trial like the world is going through now could be called precious. But the purpose of putting a metal into that hot furnace is not to harm the metal, but it's to purify it, it's to make it better than it was when it went in. We understand that all things work together for good to them that love God. We understand that. In Genesis, we have the story of a young man named Joseph who was hated by his brother, sold into slavery in a foreign nation, lived there for many years as a slave, even there falsely accused. Many years later, he met up with his brothers. They were afraid to even look at him because he was now in great power and they were coming as beggars and they were afraid that he was going to finally get them back and seek revenge on what they had done to him. But this is what Joseph said in Genesis 50, 20. As for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good. Trials are a great benefit. Number six, trials bring opportunity to glorify God. That the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. When God's people suffer, when they go through seasons of sickness and poverty and pain and they can still rejoice in God, God is honored. He's glorified. We want to bring glory to God, certainly. What better opportunity to lift up the name of Jesus than by going through this worldwide time of crisis with a good spirit and a right attitude and a life that honors and reflects the glory of Jesus Christ. Trials bring opportunities to glorify God. Just one more. This one's not from our text, but we can find it in many other places in the scripture. Trials provide opportunities to minister to others. Would you take your Bibles and, and turn to 2 Corinthians with me? 2 Corinthians chapter number 1. Paul gives some insight about suffering about comfort, about being comfort and receiving comfort. In verse 3, 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and the, and the God of all comfort. The God of all comfort. Who comforteth us in all of our tribulation, 
And here's the reason, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. We suffer, as Christians we suffer, in many different ways, but we receive comfort from the God of all comfort that we may turn around and give that comfort to a world who needs hope. Paul told the churches to bear one another's burdens. That's comforting one another. Now we're by nature, all of us, selfish people. And so when things like this, like the coronavirus come in, our human tendency is to hunker down, to hide away with our families, to not talk to anybody, not see anybody. I understand all of that. But I don't think that's the attitude that the Lord Jesus Christ would have if he were walking on the earth today. I don't think he would be bringing people in for large crowds and gatherings. I don't think he would be doing that. But I know for a fact that he would be looking for opportunities to be a blessing to people, to minister, to pray with them, to pray for them, to serve them in any way that he possibly could. And what better time is there to be a comfort and to minister to a world that is hurting than in a global pandemic such as this one. Suffering, trials, bring us opportunities to minister to others. I hope this brief journey through 1 Peter chapter 1 has been a help to you. At this time, I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to take the questions provided in the video description. Look at them with your family on your phone or on your computer. Ask them, ask these questions to your children or to the friend that you're watching with. If you're all alone, just read them and answer them for yourselves. Think about these questions, and I hope that you'll be helped as a result. Let's pray. Father, you're so good. We're so thankful tonight to have the ability to minister to one another, even from our homes. And I'm thankful for the people who are gathered around their computer screens or TVs or iPads or phones right now studying your word, praying with us. And God, I just pray, Lord, that your word would be a comfort to those that are hurting tonight. Help us to bring glory to you through these things and to comfort others with a comfort wherewith you have comforted us. In Jesus' name, amen.